Good evening. Happy Thanksgiving. This is the uh, Thanksgiving version of the Nebraska Employment Podcast, a podcast about workers' compensation and employment law. I'm John Ream, a plaintiff's lawyer here in Nebraska, represents injured workers and uh, wrongfully terminated workers. So, today, on this Black Friday Eve, Thanksgiving evening, going to talk about the uh, one of the retail employment, and I'm going to have a show about one of the retail employers that I believe belongs at the top of the naughty list. You know, I, I don't know how much time my listener, the, the listeners of this show, which according to Anchor is four, maybe it'll be more, but there's this thing on there's this thing online that shows like me in 2009 and me in 2019, you know, the, to celebrate the end of the decade. So, so anyway, if I were to do a podcast or any other, you know, worker advocate were to do a podcast in 2009 or 2010 about a bad retail employer, obviously you would probably be talking about Walmart, but, um, Sometime in the last few years, that, that you know that that e- the most evil uh, retail employer changed over to Amazon.com, the online retailer. So this episode, I'm going to be talking about you know what what Amazon is doing to deserve their bad reputation. And why they've supplanted Walmart and things that they're doing that Walmart doesn't do to make them probably the more evil major retail employer. Then I'll talk a little bit about the uh, link between Amazon and the show Shameless. Because if you don't know the show, you're probably wondering why is there a picture of a drunken William Macy on for the uh, picture for this uh, episode. And I'll talk about that later on the podcast, but essentially what I'm going to do is, you know, talk about some of the bad things that Amazon has been uh, getting publicity for and what what a lot of people are talking about that represent workers, seeing a lot of lawyers posting about this and then kind of talk about how AMP, why and how Amazon has supplanted Walmart. So anyway, on to the section. Why am I talking about Amazon in the next section? So many of my colleagues in the plaintiff's bar, the workers' compensation plaintiff's bar, had posted an article that showed up in, of all places, the Atlantic about labor practices in Amazon warehouses. I mean, just in case you live under a rock or you're like my dad and you don't like know technology very well, you know, you order goods on Amazon.com and they fulfill those orders in warehouses. And the Atlantic story, or, or the, the, the not warehouse, warehouses, or they'll call them distribution centers. But anyway, the, the Atlantic story, which, you know, again, has been shared quite a bit on social media, states that the injury rate in Amazon 
warehouses is double that of other warehouses. They did an investigation. Uh, they looked looked for reportable injuries, and again, that's based on you know I believe their reporting was based on OSHA, and again, um, those OSHA records are sometimes hard to obtain. They're not always public. Um, there's been some there's been some litigation, and there's been some fights over that about you know about over how long you have to preserve OSHA records. And uh, there's obviously also sometimes there's in, suppression of reporting of injuries as well. But e- even with that, even with what's publicly available, Amazon, according to the Atlantic's reporting, has an injury rate of double of typical warehouses. And that's probably that pace of work is likely just going to get you know worse during the holiday season, you also may have more temporary workers in there. Temporary workers are more likely to get hurt because they're new. People are working longer hours. If you're fatigued, you're more likely to get hurt. But but regardless of whether it's the holiday season or not, Amazon has double the rate of typical warehouse work. I mean, your Amazon's you know, more like a packing house, and you have a lot of overuse injuries at Amazon. So it's a really uh, tough place to work in that warehouse. So, so that's that's why Amazon is getting a lot of negative publicity uh, here. Also, something else that I've seen that's came up about Amazon. And this play, this story actually came up of all places in the National Review, which is not known as a particularly pro-worker publication. I think, you know, William F. Buckley is probably rolling over in his grave seeing that the National Review wrote a critical story about Amazon.com. But apparently in Indiana, you know, last year, Amazon was shopping around this, their their HQ2, you know, trying to get cities and states to bid on Amazon headquarters. I think my hometown of Lincoln, Nebraska, put one in, and these cities made in, in states made all sorts of promises to Amazon.com about or Amazon about you know what what incentives they would give Amazon. And in Indiana, in Indiana, Indiana decided that. They would suppress a, they would pressure OSHA to uh, drop an investigation of an injury in a warehouse in Indiana. So that's distressing because under our, under our workers' compensation laws are administered by states in the United States. Um, that, that's kind of a fluke of legal history. But states take a leading role in regulating worker uh, workplace safeties through workers' compensation through 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 workers' compensation laws, and at least Indiana and probably other states too. But at least it's been reported that the state of Indiana was willing to punt on the role you know on their role in, in, in regulating workplace safety in order to you know have a shot at getting the Amazon 
headquarters. And I would imagine that a lot of other states, you know, may have done similar things or would be willing to do similar things to attract Amazon. So, so, so far what I've talked about, you know, unsafe working conditions, um, corporate graft. I mean, these are things that a lot of companies do. I mean, they're not particularly unusual. I mean, they're bad, but they're not unusual. But what what makes Amazon different? And I'm going to talk about that in the uh, next section as to why I think Amazon is a worse retail employer than Walmart. And we'll talk a little bit more about why Amazon and the shameless economy. So back in 2017, I was doing a lot of blogging about workplace safety, workplace injuries in the retail sector and the changes in retail employment. And one of the changes in retail employment sort of with the decline of bricks and mortar stores and the rise of online shopping is, you know, retail and there's, there's more warehousing employment, there's more delivery employment. And in, in the first section of this podcast, or the, I guess the sec- previous section, I was talking about, you know, Amazon employees who worked in the warehouse. And as, 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 warehouse, as warehouse employees, they're usually, you know, warehouse employees, distribution center employees are usually covered by workers' compensation. Delivery employees are a little bit, are, are, are different. But anyway, um, back in the spring of, spring, summer of 2017, I was writing about Walmart using their, essentially using their employees to deliver packages on, on the way home. Uh, which, you know, I don't know if they're still doing that or not, but, you know, Walmart was trying to compete with, with Amazon. And essentially you would have employees like cashiers or stockers working as delivery people. And, you know, they would be paid to do that. And I guess the point that I brought up is that, you know, Walmart, which, which again is a low wage employee, they're, they're anti-union, uh, they're they're pretty aggressive now. I think they handle their workers' compensation cases. I don't think they're a particularly good employee. And again, they deserve, largely deserve the bad rap that they get. But at least, to, to Walmart's credit, it, when Walmart was having people deliver packages, they were at least having employees do that. And since those employee Walmart employees were delivering packages, those Walmart employees were covered by workers' compensation if they got hurt. And, you know, that's that's an added expense on to employment. Amazon, by contrast, Amazon, um, they tend to use contractors. They contract out and they don't have any liability. Uh, you know, they, the, the, the Amazon delivery people they don't have workers' compensation. And so Amazon undercuts, Amazon can undercut 
um, you know, Walmart in that regard. And, that, and that's where I come up with the, with the, with the shameless economy concept. You know, for those of people who haven't seen Shameless, Shameless is a show. It's, it's based on a, on a British show. That's a family that lives on the south side of Chicago, and they're pretty dysfunctional. And they're, the patriarch of the family, Frank Gallagher, played by William Macy, is a bad drunk and a generally bad person. And, and, and he, the show mainly follows the kids who are trying to do the best they can with the poor environment. And one of the characters uh, is the, the oldest son is the boy Lip Gallagher. But anyway, this is where I come up with the uh, shameless economy. So Lip is on probation for something. I don't know for what. And he meets this rich kid from, from the north side of Chicago who needs to do some public service to get into a fancy college. And so Lip has this idea that he's going to use these volunteer workers to do a do some demolition work and he comes in and he brings in these kids to do demolition work and lip gets them to work you know since the kids are working for free he gets all the money and it's gonna be a little politically incorrect but normally that demolition job you know according to the show would have gone to guys that were you know were a group of people who were illegal aliens who, you know, or, you know, would have worked for cheap. And the uh, guy, the, 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 uh, the character, the, the character who's, like, I guess, the head illegal alien or undocumented worker says to Lip, hey, we're illegal aliens. How would you undercut us? And I'm thinking, you know, the, the guy, the, 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 the group of the undocumented workers, that's Walmart. You know, that's the low... That's the low bottom, you know, not low bottom, but that's the, you know, low priced. And then Lip is like Amazon comes in and undercuts Walmart. And the way that Walmart or Amazon undercuts Walmart is through employee misclassification. And I think, again, that's where, where, where Amazon undercuts Walmart and is a worse employer than Walmart because Amazon, particularly through its delivery service, relies on misclassification or, or classifying workers, not as employees, but as contractors. Because when they're contractors, you don't have to pay, you know, they don't pay workers' comp. They don't do a withholding. They don't do Social Security. They don't do Medicare. So it's just they, 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 they misclassify people. And that's how, you know, Amazon as a retailer can undercut Walmart who even though they're anti-union even though they don't pay their employees a whole bunch they're still um they're still you know have to pay those basic things like you know social insurance like workers comp so that's how Amazon undercuts um that's how Amazon undercuts Walmart and you know obviously Amazon's not the only company that relies on misclassification. I mean, Uber and Lyft have built a whole business model on that. And that's why a lot of, you know, the fight over the gig economy is, you know, so crucial, I think, to workers' compensation. So, but anyway, um, 
there's other costs to misclassification just besides, you know, leaving workers uncovered you know, or having to bear the expense of their own work injury. But we'll talk about some of those other costs of misclassification in the next section. So when a company like Amazon undercuts competitors like Walmart by deeming their workers to be contractors rather than employees, not only do they shift the cost of work injuries onto workers, they also make it harder to track the number of workplace injuries. Because again, if you're an employee, you have to, if you're an employer and your employee gets hurt, you need to report things to OSHA. Usually you also need to report those to a state workers compensation agency to keep track of those injuries. But if you're a, you know, you employ contractors, you don't, you don't need to do that. And it's a lot harder to track work injuries, not just for lawyers, not just for journalists, but for powerful people, including United States senators, one of them being Massachusetts Senator and presidential candidate uh, Elizabeth Warren. She and a couple of other senators tried to get you know, a, an, an accounting from Amazon about how many of their drivers had been injured. And Amazon didn't, didn't give that up. They claimed that was proprietary information between them and their, and their contractors. And again, if those were employees, then that information would either get reported to OSHA or be, would be reported to various state workers' compensation agencies. But again, uh, misclassification makes it difficult to track injuries and makes it harder to improve workplace safety and by, by regulating workplace safety and you know understanding how and why injuries occur so that's the other downside to misclassification and again you know amazon is is you know to some extent supplanted Walmart, maybe not supplanted as, as a private employer, you know, because I think Amazon's still the biggest employer, Walmart's still the biggest employer, but, you know, Amazon is, you know, undercut Walmart there through how they classify many of their, how they classify many of their workers. And so finally, kind of going back to this whole shameless economy thing, uh, in 2017, I wrote that uh, blog post, Compare, you know, we're about Amazon being the the uh, the volunteer kids who undercut the undocumented workers. And in 2018, I followed it up about you know apparently in 20, in 2018, Amazon actually raised their wages in their warehouse, and they got a lot of positive publicity for that and you know the thing if you watch shameless you know that every once in a while frank gallagher will get his stuff together and you know and but, but you know you know frank he's always back to, he's always back on his 
He's on his podcast. He's always back on his bullshit. And Amazon's the same way. I mean, yeah, sure, they raise their wages. I mean, never mind, you know, Bernie Sanders introduced the Stop Bezos Act. And after Jeff Bezos, the Amazon CEO, you know, they did that under, under duress, in my view. But, you know, sure, Amazon raises wages, but they cut hours. You know, they're, they still misclassify people. They're pressuring state governments to, you know, they're using their leverage over state governments to cover up workplace safety violations. They're misclassifying workers. They're just an all-around bad, bad employer that, you know, and again, just the fact that they raised wages doesn't change that. You know, I in 2018, I wrote, keep an eye on Amazon and, you know, a year later, they certainly haven't, you know, done any better with their continued bad behavior as an employer. So anyway, I'm going to come back with a few final thoughts here in just a few. Finally, you know, every once, you know, to some extent, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos is held up as a foil to Donald Trump. There was a Saturday Night Live skit with Steve Carell playing Jeff Bezos where they were making fun of Donald Trump. Apparently Bezos, the joke punchline was Bezos is wealthier than he is. Or, you know, Bezos is a real billionaire. That didn't, that argument didn't work so well in 2016, but whatever. But again, yeah, I mean, the point is, if you're not somebody who deals in, in, in workplace safety, if you're not a workers' compensation lawyer listening to this, or just a general layperson, you know, keep in mind that, you know, maybe every once in a while Jeff Bezos is critical of Donald Trump, but he is hardly an admirable figure, you know, with the way that he manages Amazon and all their various workplace safety violations and the way they skirt employment law and the other thing too are your work workplace safety laws and the other thing too is here you know a lot of people like to go shopping on you know the friday after thanksgiving so-called black friday and there's kind of a reaction to that that it's that it's you know you shouldn't be shopping you should be spending time with your family and you shouldn't make people you know work you know the retail workers work the day after Thanksgiving and you know maybe there's something to that and you know and I'm not a huge shopping person either but you know but at the same time you say well I'm not going to go do Black Friday I'm just going to buy gifts online I'm not going to go to the store well if you're ordering things off of off of Amazon you know be conscious of how those how those the cost of getting, you know, how, how those gifts come to you, you know, how how your shopping gets done because there's a tremendous human cost that comes with convenience. So think about that during the holiday season and think about that during all the time and, and encourage everybody to support increased workplace safety and uh, laws that effectuate it like workers' compensation and, you know, not you know, not look at Jeff Bezos or Amazon as some heroic, you know, company, but
but it's a company that, you know, profits off the, uh, you know, largely off the misery and pain of, of, of its blue collar workers. So thanks for listening and, uh, appreciate all my listeners. And I will, uh, Actually, cutting another podcast this weekend, but I'm not going to run it until probably the middle of April. So anyway, happy Thanksgiving and talk to you later. Bye.